in a world. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> this is Argyle Talk Podcast, episode number one, with Jake, Ben, Gray, and Eric. Good evening, gentlemen. Hello. Oh, wow, that was mildly sensual, and I like it. Yeah, a little bit. It really tickles the, uh, tickles the ear canals. Yeah. <laughs> Almost ran off the road I just here. cleared mine out. Oh, wonderful. Gotta stay clean. Yeah. All right. So tonight we're going to uh, kind of go over a couple of uh, topics, but uh, one of the big things that came out this week was uh, rules, finally, for Argyltal. And, and honestly, the the name of the podcast and him coming out was a complete coincidence. <laughs> we did not plan this. Yeah, I was, the I only was reason that we're covering him at all. <laughs> we, the, uh, the the name was kind of a bad pun from a, a while back. I, I would actually be genuinely surprised if we're the first ones to even think about it. I mean, probably I not. Know. Somebody Google search it and see if it comes up other than us. I mean, I'm not... Okay. Oh, yeah. I'll do that. Maybe that's I something will... we should have done before. Yeah, for the copyright strikes. In in before copyright strikes. I mean, on... well, it's not on the first page of Google, so we should be fine. Yeah, I Thank... reckon we won't get a C and D from Games Workshop anytime soon. So. I mean, we probably. Well, I definitely will, but for different reasons. C and D's nuts. <laughs> I mean, it's about right. So, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, so the. Com- completely coincidental that the uh, the name of the podcast uh, coincides with the uh, the release of the Argotel model and uh, and his uh, and his rules. But um, if you're not super familiar with uh, Argotel, and I will admit that I am not, um, I'll I'll read you the quick blurb that came out with his uh, with his data sheet. Um, Argotel was among the first to gaze into the madness of the Eye of Terror, and in doing so was forever damned when that dark abyss gazed back into him. Held as a prime example of his Primarch's intentions for the future of humanity, a symbiotic fusion of human soul and demonic powers, he and his brothers and the Gal Vorbach would go on to play an instrumental role in the galactic tragedy that befell humanity. His council helped Lorgar solidify his understanding of the effects of the powers of the Empyrean could have had on the physical form of a legionary, and he was equally venerated and envied among the ranks of the word bearers as one who stood in glorious favor of their malicious newfound gods. That was an awkward sentence, and I'm sorry. One of the first of the 17th Legion to don the crimson heraldry of betrayal, Argyltau was present at multiple pivotal events in the Horus Heresy, from the Black Sands of Istvan V and the Dropsite Massacre to the far reaches of the Eastern Segmentum and the Shadow Crusade. The so-called Crimson Lord was a blight upon the Imperium who sent uncounted loyalist souls screaming into the hell space of the warp with unmatched zeal and determination. Right, so what makes Argyltal a particularly interesting release is that he may not be the first, but he's definitely... Uh, one of the most popular uh, characters who are not originated from the Forge World Horus Heresy Black books, but rather from the actual Black Library novels. Uh, he appears first in The First Heretic and later on in Betrayal, Betrayer, rather. Oh, nifty. I did not even know that. I, I had a feeling he was in there, but I haven't read either of them. Like totally makes sense. I mean, from a. Uh... From a model standpoint, like I, I really dig the way that the model looks. He's he uh, basically he is a 
he's like the, the the lord of the possessed space marines so looks like he's wearing um mark IV um battle plate with the uh with the word bears um symbol on the uh, on his chest and um he's just breaking out of it like he is it, it can barely restrain the uh, the demon flesh beneath it so it's all cracked and ruined like his spinal column has basically fused with the power pack on his back and it's it's coming out his his gigantic talons have uh half of a uh of a uh, bisected uh ultramarine in it and he's got uh you know these wings kind of uh, one's unfurled completely and one's kind of wrapping around his body uh with cloven hooves uh holding down the other half of the ultramarine couldn't happen to a better legion um but the the model's quite nice like i'm a big fan of it yeah, and I mean it's about par for the course for the for the descriptions of the Galvor back in the oh yeah in the in the black books and in the models that we've seen already like you know it's it's definitely a, a pretty seamless uh, integration uh, into the existing word bearers model. Oh yeah, line. there's there's definitely been some um, some established artwork for him over the years. Uh, I know that. Uh... I know that the uh, the the Horse Heresy Legends uh, card game has been using some art for him for a little while, and it I mean it matches almost one to one. So, I actually uh, didn't like the model at first, but the more I looked at it, it kind of grew on me. I think I figured out what it was. Is I think uh, the painting style maybe wasn't my favorite, and the way they you know marketed it or whatever. That's a but, pretty uh, common complaint. And yeah, I think it's because right around, model, yeah, right, and it, that's one of those things that's hard to separate. You have to try to separate your brain model from paint jobs when they're showing off like this, you know. Oh yeah, because they, they changed their painting style about two years ago, two and a half years ago. What they were doing over at Forge World, but it's actually the model is actually growing. I mean, it's actually of the most recent word bearer models, the best of the three that have come out recently. In my opinion, the most. Yeah. Most heresy of the three that have come out. The other, the two freighters, kind of look like 40k Chaos Space Marines. Which I mean, since they are, you know, the original Chaos Space Marine. Yeah, region. but it's a, it's a different aesthetic. It's the, the it's it's a thing they share with. Uh, they actually have more, a lot in common with the Dark Angels freighter or models that have come out recently for heresy. It's gone kind of the chunkier details of the 40k models use. Oh, I thought you were talking about the fact that they were traitors. <laughs> I, I get what you're saying. They've they've definitely changed uh, some of the modeling to have more uh, more of those finer details. Um, so, and the style well, the is thing. a little bit more 40k ish. Well, yeah, it's like it's not just finer details; like the actual deep the the thickness of things. Like you know, it's not enough to have a backpack banner. Got to have you know. Look at looking at it from the side. It's got to be, you know, twice sure. as thick as it was an old model. I you know? think that that also has to do with the method in which they are modeling, because a lot of it's no longer being hand modeled um, and yeah, casted. A lot of it's all being done digital, and they're they prototype uh, a lot with 3d printing now so they have different tolerances that they have to play with so some of yeah. the uh some of the thicknesses and you know some of the um uh the degrees of which you know, um details have to be you know um you know embossed right. or whatever like those are those are going to have to change a little bit to to go along with the new um 
designs uh their new design capabilities overall i think that it's it is producing a more quality range of miniatures but that it does necessitate a a slight style change uh to go along with it but i I was talking more about just the the sheer amount of details like with the uh uh dark angels release like holy shit like the amount of minute details and all of the uh like the companions and the uh oh gosh the uh the terminators i can't remember their names off the top night synobium yeah the night synobium yeah like they have so many little like details and heraldry and i mean that that really started it in my mind um yeah even like even like the uh, overload it's i don't know it, it, it is overload but at the same time, like there are so many generic options that you can choose from because since the legions all use basically the same things anyway, that like if you want something that's a little more toned down, like you have plenty of those options yeah. already. So this is just giving you, you know, if you want to go ham and just have like all of the minute details you want, well, these are these are available to you now and i think that that's just continued with some of their with their new releases definitely with these two uh the two ultramarines predators and even with argyl tau like all of the like i was saying the uh the armor just being uh, like uh as broken and cracked and like the all of the details on the the fleshy bits that are all hanging out yeah. like all of those like you wouldn't see that near as much like even compared to the galvorback the actual models like i think it's this has got yeah. some minor some better minor details um granted i like i said i think they, they were probably designed differently i think it i think it still uh, honors the the galvorback uh the the yeah. existing sculpts but it's definitely a little bit of a departure Zero. it's a bit of a departure but it's definitely a win i feel like oh, yeah yeah, when you said chunky, what I thought you were going to go with is the uh, the size of the model itself, because he's a big boy, as uh, big some boy. of the other, rele- other releases recently have been as well. And that doesn't help the the out of the blue size change. Uh, it's not really help, out but... of the blue. I mean, come on. Yeah, honestly, I think this is uh, the way that like if they're going to start scale increasing, I think this is the way to do it. You just do it. You don't make up some kind of background nonsense to make it so you you just sure, do it just do it um i think well like for instance if you're going to do a scale change like what if you look at the uh, there's an enormous scale change from the imperial fist traders the oh, the right. power armored guy is like head and shoulders above terminator armored guys that had been out and you know i think that's also kind of uh, an okay way if you want to do that is to make your hqs and your hero character units because, I mean, let's be real, Space Marines are basically orcs, and the Urken, their leaders are just taller than everyone else. Yeah, it's, 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 inv- it's very Invader Zim. It's just, I think for people who have an established army of a certain size, and they don't want necessarily to have a very jarring sudden change in scale, they probably should have waited for the scale change until they could release a starter box in that scale. You know what I mean? Yeah, Which but there's because... people more to play with. There's there's no way to do that in a reasonable way though. Like, it, yeah, if, I mean, it's always going to be ugly. Well, not only that, but even if change. even if we waited, it, assuming that that starter box that was leaked, you know, a few months ago is legit yeah. and comes out, and like, say someone starts the heresy with that box, like, 
even if they wanted to just use the new scale models, like the models in that box look like the the current cataphracti. So this, the, the size creep for the power armor is still going to be glaring. Every legion that has their specialty units, uh, if you've gotten those models already or want to buy those models, like those skills aren't going to be updated for a wow. very good long time. Like you're not going to be able to get uh, you know, Varayir Terminators or Medusa Immortals in the updated scale for, I would, I'd sure. be surprised if they ever did it, to be perfectly honest. I don't um, think they ever will. We might get Iron Havocs in the new scale. I mean, it's certainly possible, but, cool. but I think that they'll come out in a trickle. Um, yeah. So it was, with Argyll Tal being larger, like, I, I think I think it looks good. I think it works for him. I think it works for him because... He is. Uh, he's about the size. Um, he's about the size of the old, old, old demon princes for fantasy. Oh, like the old white metal ones. <laughs> yeah, the super old ones, or or the or the first uh, uh, Eldar avatars, <laughs> which are just yeah, those old silly. white metal ones. But like, I, I totally understand like people wanting their armies to look very like congruent, but. I actually think that they look better when things are a, a little bit different. Like, n not everything is the exact same height. Um, let there be some non-uniformity in there. It makes it look more yeah. natural in my mind. Now, I mean that there's a limit to that, obviously, but you know, certainly the hero yeah, yeah. units or the uh, the HQs that are supposed to stand out. Like, I think that that's just a natural, you know, thing. Yeah. It always worked for the orcs, like the 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 knobs and the war bosses and stuff like that. So or right. the the tyranids with all of their big baddies, like I see no problem with you know, with this. This this is a good way to do it. And uh, the fact that they did not come out with you know Primaris Heresy Marines is fantastic. Agree. Yeah. So yeah, wrapping it back, uh, Argotol himself being a big boy, he is. Uh, his stats here are pretty indi indicative of that. You know, he's uh, weapon skill six which is fairly standard for Praetors, I believe. Uh, ballistic skill 5, strength 5, toughness 5, 4 wounds, initiative 5, 5 attacks, leadership 10 with a 2 plus save. Which So that's a pretty standard, you know, Galvorback demon stat line. Uh, yeah. An additional wound, wound in uh, comparison to regular Praetors, and an additional attack, I believe, as well. Uh, I'm actually looking that up right now. Should have had this up, but I didn't. <laughs> so the so the Legion Praetors come with no, they come uh yeah they come with uh, base four attacks. However, you're with Argyll Tau, you know he comes in at 185 points, and we'll go through all of the war gear and special rules. Um, so he's a when you compare him to a reasonably upgraded Praetor, like you can you can definitely have a reasonably upgraded Praetor for 185 points. Oh yeah. Um, but uh I'll go through his uh, his other rules. So he is um he is an independent character, um, but he is a jump infantry, uh comes standard with artificer armor, demonic claws, frag and crack grenades. Um Special rules. Uh, he has a special version of Master of the Legion. Basically, even though he does not have the Legionis Astartes rule, um, he can still uh, he can still give off the the bonuses of Master of the Legion. Um, and still allows really for rights of war. Rights of war. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. really count for the uh, uh, 
getting your warlord trait. Um, independent character, demon, which confers you know the uh, five up and vulnerable save and fear. Um, I always I, I'm still stuck in old editions where I just automatically assume that the demon rule gives you eternal warrior, but it does not. Um, very bulky, rage, stubborn, uh, damned. And Warlord, um, where if Argoltal is your army's Warlord, he has the master of the uh, Vakrajal Warlord trait rather than rolling randomly. Um, so special rules. Um, the master of the Vakrajal. Um, I actually quite like this. It's very thematic in my mind. Um, but an army whose Warlord has this trait may select Galvorback Dark Brethren units as troops choices. In addition, while a Warlord with this trait is part of a unit composed entirely of models with the Demon Special Rule, the Warlord and all models in the unit it has gained Feel No Pain. And a the prospect of a maxed out Galvorback squad led by Argoltal, all with their... Uh, the, with their demon saves and feel no pain on top of it is terrifying. Yeah, Which because means, the yeah. Warback are toughness five with two wounds as is, so good luck. What's their, uh, what, do you remember what their standard save is? Is it three? They have a, yeah, they have a three up. They've got power armor. Yeah, so I mean, uh, so they've got a three up, five up with feel no pain. Uh, that's a pretty choppy unit. Feel no pain um, standard, by the way, is also a five plus. Um, so, and then you got the damned rule where a unit with a special rule never counts as scoring unit, uh, regardless of the provisions of the missions being played. Um, so, uh, which is a, that's a mixed bag. Yeah. It takes away a bit of utility from the unit. However, it also means that you know exactly what you are going to use with, for that, or you're going to do with that unit. Like it, there's no changing tactics in the middle of a match like hey do i want to move forward do i want to stay here and take this objective no, no. you're gonna go straight forward and you're gonna chop something in half which which um, for what it's worth gal vorbeck were already damned or like they already had that rule anyway so if you're yeah. putting him in a unit of gal vorbeck you i mean that's that doesn't change what you're gonna use them for only reason i can figure that they put it on him other than just keeping him consistent with other gal vorbeck is because um so, like, I I talked with Eric about this a little bit, about putting him and Erebus in an army together, or um, putting him in Dark Brotherhood, uh, which basically gives your, uh, your infantry units access to Dark Channeling, which basically gives them a chance to roll on a table to gain the Demon Keyword. So mm. if you roll lucky and you put Argel Tall with, you know, a 20-man unit of Assault Marines and all of a sudden they become demon assault marines, they are also now getting that feel-no-pain, if he's your warlord. If, if you take Erebus, you can't do this, because he has to be the warlord, because Erebus sucks. But uh, <laughs> I just really don't like having to rely on dice rolls to get my, my trick to go off. No, but that, that just gives you an option to be able to make use of his jump infantry rule. Which So, question on that note. I'm looking at uh, in the book at Erebus's rules. Does he actually have the requirement of being your warlord? Because I don't see it on here. I just say if he has, then he has this warlord trait, intimidating presence. Uh well, let me double check yeah. that for you. But I I believe he has something like like uh. If Erebus jealous. is the army's warlord, he has the intimidating presence trait rather than rolling randomly. Um. 
Yeah, I don't think that. Yeah, all all of these special rules say that if Erebus is your army's warlord, yeah, I don't see anything that marks him out as requiring it to be. Yeah, so I, I, you could definitely take both and have uh, Argil Tal as the unless there's an FAQ that I'm just not familiar with. I admit to not really looking a whole lot at uh, the uh, the word bearers. I might have been thinking yeah, of another named first captain or you know named special character that had like you know jealous command or something like that. Corferon does have jealous command. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So maybe yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking. You know, it, because Galvorback are not cheap at all. Um, so I can definitely see where you would want you know the the choppiness of Argil Tal with some with some of his niftiness and put him in yeah. with uh, an assault squad maxed out like 20 man unit with a uh, with an apothecary maybe put maybe even put something else in there too um just to uh, really have like this hardcore death star choppy unit sometimes bodies matter more than you know, just have the the uh the more resilient bodies that the uh, the Galvorback um but uh I, but if you put him in that unit, then the whole unit ceases to be scoring. Well, if you well, roll up that dark channeling no. and roll a six anyway and they become demons, they no longer count as scoring anyway, and they yeah. count as being destroyed for victory points. Yeah, sure, but again, that's a fairly low possibility, and like that's not how you plan your army. Yeah, I mean, it's just a consistency thing, because he has all... Yeah, it's a consistency thing, because Galvorback have it, he has all the same rules that Galvorback have, Except he's very bulky instead of bulky because he's jumped infantry. Sure. So, just my, just to interrupt, just my thought here, and so it's a neat thing to be able to bring them in the troop slot. But I feel like if you're going to run him, you're not going to run them as your main bread and butter troops. It's going to be another way to get them in, while not necessarily taking up a whatever they are, elite slot or whatever they are. Right. Yeah. So you instead of because. Like, because he's number one, you cannot take uh, you can't take Serrated Sun with uh, Argaltal because uh, Jump Infantry can't go into drop pods or any transports that don't specifically allow it, and you have to take drop pods for everyone. Uh, so if you wanted to, yeah, open that elite slot up, have you know one squad of Galvorback as troops instead of elites, open that elite slot to something else, and take another right of war. Right. Right, like, like uh, and, and... children has a similar thing. We can bring our, um, we can bring cacophony as troops. Cacophony are really good. They're really bad troops, though. Right, and good model bad troop. Specifically, it doesn't allow them as compulsory troops. They just can be taken as troops. So it just kind of gives you the option of freeing up your elite slots if you want yeah, to. Yeah, very really rarely do thing. I see anybody ever taking a full complement of troops choices because you can have like what six or eight. Six, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Six, yeah. So I mean, very rarely do I see people like maxing those out. Usually, you take you know, you know, between two, two and four, and and then everything else is you know elites. Uh, or, you know, infantry-wise, or heavy support, if, like, if you're like me and take, you know, heavy stuff uh, sometimes. But, um, uh, but jumping up to uh, his, uh, his weapons, he comes standard with demonic claws, which are, um, strength one, uh, strength plus one, I'm sorry, um, AP three, mail, uh, rending, shred, two-handed. Um, so we, we were discussing earlier, like, the, it was a little bit surprising to some people that he is not just a bog standard AP two 
uh, in close combat. Like, I guess a lot of people were really expecting him to come out with, you know, something um, more scary than those claws, um, which I don't know that I, I don't know that I agree. I think that having five base attacks at strength six at, and AP three with rending and shred is is pretty terrifying yeah that's pretty good i think uh he definitely has very high quality of wounds that he's going to inflict i mean number one this guy's gonna mulch any standard marine wounding on twos re-rolling those wounds uh weapon skill six you know you're hitting on threes you're gonna have a chaplain in your army so you may as well stick him with argletal and you know give hatred yeah, and I think that's going to be his thing. Is he's he's not going to be the special character that you send necessarily to go hunt Sigismund. You're going to send him to go wipe out a squad of dudes in power armor. Yeah, right. No, and then I you agree. and then you have your your strength ten power fist from your Galvorback champion to you know take the care of any AP two needs. Exactly. Yeah, I, well, I mean, well, not even that. I mean, you when you if you. Five attacks base with rage, and, and then rage. If you get the uh, the charge off, you got seven attacks. I mean, don't discount rending. You know, especially with with uh, shred making it. You know, yeah. making, giving you that extra possibility if you do not, if you uh, end up missing a wound. But uh, I mean, at, at weapon skill six, more than likely you're going to be hitting uh, things on uh, on threes. I think. Um, uh, against praetors, um, you'll you'll be hitting at fours, but still, unless um, they fail their fear check. True, fear is nothing until it's not. <laughs> sure, and you know, warrior elite is fantastic until it it never is. Never mind, I'm right. lying to you. Warrior elite uh, is the best uh, provenance to take. Uh, it should be an auto include in your army. And I, I, I can... wanted to so bad, but man, Wars, uh, Survivors of the Dark Age, just, I had to do it. Like, it, <laughs> I, I, I was just kind of stuck with it. it I'm sorry. <laughs> it's so good. Right, but anyway, yeah, you are gonna, you know, whatever you're attacking, you're gonna hit, you're gonna wound it. You know, and you're, at the very least, you're going to be making the other guy make a metric shitload of armor saves. I think that's yeah, the fair. most important part. Like, forcing armor saves is is not a bad thing, even if even if what you're hitting has a two-up armor. Like, eventually they're going to roll ones. And having that many um, almost guaranteed wounds is, is pretty impressive. Um, and I think... Uh, Another big thing is, you know, you have to be smart with what you're, what you're using them for, like what you're, ch what you're challenging. Like maybe don't throw uh, Argol Tal and the Galvor back directly into a Terminator assault squad. Like maybe that's not their best. Maybe that's, that's not the best saying, idea. Yeah. I mean, it's not a, it's not the worst idea. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there are worse things you can do with them. Well, I mean, but you've got a lot of the Terminator Assault squads, especially like the ones that I run, have a lot of chain fists or a lot of uh, strength eight you know, weapons in there. But Galvorback will tank those. Yeah, they don't. They don't care about that strength eight, especially if yeah. they have Argal Tall with them and they get that five up, feel no pain. So yeah, so they would be an excellent tar pit unit against a lot of uh, uh elite infantry assault units um and maybe don't have a a crap load of ap2 weapons 
And also keep in mind that base Galvorbeck also have rending. So you run that squad into some Terminators with their, you know, two attacks base, three on their sergeant with rage. It's going to get ugly. Yeah, and you can give uh, uh, you can give the, uh, the 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 champion other weapons like a power weapon or a power fist. Yeah, you can you can give a few of them in the unit uh, extra like power think... weapons. Yeah, it's a, it's a one in five for power weapons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But they but they don't get access to fists. Only no. the um, only the dark martyr does. Right, and honestly, I, I, I put power it. Swords. I also power put swords a, is a big deal. Well, rending anything is pretty decent. The way I like to, I mean, I, I, I say this as as I as if I've run this army yet, but the the build I like for the Dark Martyr is give him a power fist and a tainted weapon, because then, if you if you choose to, if you don't really need that extra, because on the Dark Martyr the power fist is going to be strength ten, because mm. they're, they're base strength five. Uh, can you actually do that? Because you have to exchange your chain sword for the for both the power fist and the tainted weapon. Ah, no, you cannot do that. Fair enough. Fair point. All uh, right, so Jake can't talk for the remainder of the podcast because he doesn't know how to play the game. No. Got it. No. <laughs> He's getting dabbed on. Yep. But uh, I, I honestly, I think that the tainted weapon is is a decent conversation to have because strength oh, yeah, five rending instant death, like for sure, not nothing. Anything instant death is worth having a conversation about. Yes. At least in theory. Sometimes the uh, the theory ends up being way better than practice, but still. Yeah, especially because if you're giving it to the guy who's already strength five, you may as well just get... Well, so if you give him a power fist, he's unwieldy. If you give him the tainted weapon, he's initiative five. So rending instant death at initiative five is probably better than strength ten unwieldy which again uh, gonna, depends yeah, on what depends you're throwing him at right, right but the sure. fact that he can also take melta bombs i i don't think that you put him in a power fist and send them after dreadnoughts like i think i think that's more of a, a contingency <laughs> i don't think i don't think right. you fire galvor back at, at vehicles anyway um well no they, they don't have well you you can give one in five uh, models in uh, the unit. You can give them a special long-range weapon if you wanted to, but mm, what's the point? <laughs> That's not really yeah. what they excel at. Yeah. They're good for scrubbing something off an objective and then having something else claim the objective, I feel like. Or taking out those priority high-value units. Yeah, making sure the thing doesn't get to the objective in the first place. And and they're they're reasonably fast and tanky. And, and you throw Argyl Tal in there with the uh, the the feel no pain that you just you, you add a whole other level of survivability on there i mean it's uh, feel no pain uh, every single one of us runs apothecaries pretty regularly so i mean i will also point out that gal vorbeck do uh bog standard have deep strike yeah so even having uh you know argotol's jump infantry you can still put them in there. You can still deep strike the whole squad if that's the thing you want to do. Not worry about drop pods and serrated sun. Well, yeah, you totally can, and it's a reasonable thing to do. Like again, because of how naturally tanky they are, and you're just adding on to that with Argyle Tau. Like having them sit there 
you know, relatively useless for a turn is is usually a huge turnoff, but that added survivability might make it might make it better. Yeah, I can see that. But I mean, Good. if you if if I see a squad of uh, ten Galvorbag drop in behind me with Argletal, um, I'm going to do one of two things. I'm either going to devote my entire army's uh, firepower to demolish it, or I'm going to get away from it and completely ignore it. Like, there's probably not much gray area in that. <laughs> so here, here's my question: Is so jump? infantry things with jump backs if you do not use them to move in the movement phase then you can re-roll your charge distance mm -hmm. is that something that confers if you have one dude with a jump pack or does everyone have to have it everyone has to have it, yeah, it Other, otherwise otherwise you'd see a lot more people putting a jump pack in with just you know regular um just regular squads yeah that's probably true yeah that's that's one of the things that everyone it's it's an all or nothing yeah. And if you if you have one guy who doesn't have it, uh, then none of them can use it. Because you can either use it to move 12 inches in the movement phase, or if you don't do that, you can re-roll your charge distance. And get Hammer of Wrath. And, oh yeah, and get Hammer of Wrath, that's true. I f always forget that. <laughs> Which, on so, I mean, this begs the question, do we think we're going to see Demonic Wings uh, Galvorback at some point as an option? That would um, be cool. I think that that conversation. I think that question kind of turns into what do we expect the the potential new addition of the game to bring, and I think that's a way different conversation for another time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, fair enough. Yeah, because I think that you know, your when and if the uh, the new edition comes out, I think we're going to see a massive change to. Um, not necessarily the rules, but I think a lot of war gear is going to uh, either be changed uh, in functionality or be gotten rid of completely. Mm -hmm. Go the yeah, way that's, the that's my worry is that war gear is going to go away. That's my biggest worry about a new edition. Oh, actually, I, I don't think that war gear is going to go away, but I think that there is a lot of bloat in the uh, the current version of the game, and I think that it's just it could it needs a revamping a little bit right which again we we will i don't want to rumor mill and that's something that yeah. we can <laughs> we can sink all our teeth do. into it another all we do is rumor mill pretty much yeah, yeah so i know we i know we mentioned uh you know 20 man blob squads of assault marines to attach our tall to what do you guys think about them with ash and circle they've got uh weapon skill five already and they've got those uh, strength plus one. So I think they're AP three now in the FAQ. Yes, the only thing that can join Ash and Circle are chaplains and Moritats. So uh, we think yeah, that it wouldn't it. work. Is that uh, is the, is the answer to your question? <laughs> <laughs> I had considered that, and then immediately remembered that they can't do that. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it says it right there. You're right. Yeah, but fair enough. I'm, I, that would be cool, and you would think that that would be a, a cool place. I mean, maybe if we see an FAQ, maybe they will uh, carve Argeltal into that. As only Argeltal chaplains and Mortats can join Ashen Circle, that would be cool. I don't know. I don't know that that would be uh, something they'd put in there just from a you know, like it's kind of like a what narrative purpose would that serve to let him be in that squad? 
sure especially when he's pretty it's pretty obvious that he's tailored specifically for for Galvorback. i don't think that right those are his guys right yeah. i i feel like the the jump infantry thing the fact that he has wings isn't really meant as like a rules consideration i think that's completely the fluff dictating how the rules were written because sure. he has has the wings in the books, so that's how they're gonna make his model. Uh, how do we feel about the uh, lack of the guardian spear that everybody is nerd screeching about? I think it's fine. Uh, I I do understand the uh, idea of if you're gonna put the guy in the book that was a character in the novel, you should give him the stuff that he has in the novel. But at the same time. You know, we see what he has with demonic claws. Uh, you know, we have the conversation of not having AP2 things is all right sometimes. I think that's healthy for the game to a degree. Yeah, so agree. Uh, as as much as, you know, we talk about fluff uh, showing what the rules should be, you know, I think that's one that I'm kind of okay with. I also, and, and this is a this is a personal like aesthetic opinion. I don't think that the model would look as good with a spear in hand. I think that it would like, no. almost look a little off putting. I agree. I um, was going to say that same thing where it, like having a custodian spear in that guy's hand would just completely ruin the entire coherency of the aesthetic of the model. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah I mean, you can't have both hands full because that, that ultramarine needs to be there and you can't have both hands full. <laughs> Only good ultramarine is a dead ultramarine. I mean, I wasn't going to say that, but I, I do feel that. Isn't that right, Gray? <laughs> well, now, uh, having still not painted any of the ultramarines that I had started an army on, I can agree with that. I mean, at least you're doing good ultramarines, though. You're doing, like, a destroyer company, if I remember correctly. So I think I've like... got an... I've got an ultramarine army. I say I have an ultramarines army, and like I'm stripping them, so they're not even really an ultramarines army. <laughs> As but is, I like to say that I've got one. This is only right. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm not like I stri I'm stripping them with the full intention of repainting them as ultramarines. I'm stripping them because the the paint job from when I got them was is just balls. <laughs> <laughs> well. Just absolute balls. <laughs> Looks like someone th just threw them at a Sherwin Williams store and prayed for the best. Oh, <laughs> Is this, Are they painted uh, already as Ultramarines? Yeah, they. they I got, the uh, the guy I bought them from. I had. I'm not sure if he painted them or he got them painted, but like they were they were already done. And... God, I would hope he didn't get them painted from what you're describing. Oh, like, you paid so for you paid for this. <laughs> I mean, I paid for it technically, but well, okay. I mean, <laughs> but I also knew that I was just going to strip them. <laughs> I'm sorry, like I I got like thirty guys with jump packs, like a, a, a couple units of uh, breachers, a couple of uh, uh, suzerains, uh, Gilliman, and an imperial knight, and three uh, contemptors for like eighty bucks. Like I I, I can strip the damn models, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. yeah, that's uh. That's yeah, definitely. I really can't a, complain about that, to be honest. Positive yeah. cost-benefit analysis on that one for sure. If there's anything that I'm good at in this game, it's that. It's finding those deals. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh, I'm with you, man. But yeah, yeah overall, 
I um I I think that if I I like that they didn't give him a ranged attack. Like I thought it I I think that if they had given him the spear, I think there would be a a segment of the of the community to be like, yeah, that's that's how it was in the book. That's that makes sense. But I think that more people would have looked at the model and been like, uh, something just doesn't jive. Like what the what the hell is he doing and, with a custodian yeah, spear? I think it would have been too much of a, a break. And like from what, uh from like the chaos aesthetic of him. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, it just, here's it tiny, fit. tiny clean oramite spear. Right. And like what? So either they keep it at what the the regular guardian spear stat line is, which is still AP three with some like bolter shots in there, which is you know the really the only thing that he gains uh, model wise is a ranged well, attack. Eighteen inch bolter gun, yeah. So I mean, like, really, what? Do, or they have to change what the 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 abilities of the spear are, and you know that would just kind of make it weird too. So. Right. I feel like also there there's something to be said for I think because these are both Aaron Dembski Bowden books is Betrayer and I'm about to talk about Master of Mankind. I think between those two books being written, I feel like there was some kind of retcon where like Guardian weaponry was like gene locked to the custodian that it well, no, they to. actually mentioned that in uh, First Heretic that he had to bypass that somehow. Or maybe it was in Betrayer. They, they do mention that he had to go through some process of unlocking that I spear. See. Okay. Well, oh. I was trying to give him the out, and I guess they took it away from themselves, so there you go. <laughs> well, I just think it's Congratulations, a... you played yourself. <laughs> some, Strike two on Jake not knowing what the fuck he's talking be, about. Uh... Yeah. Represented on the table necessarily. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's one of those things. Rules and fluff. Uh, you know. Well, fluff it, dictates it, rules, except for when it doesn't. You know. Well, fluff should fluff should have an influence on rules, but definitely shouldn't fucking dictate it. Otherwise, we're all playing games with three marines and a thousand uh, solar ox. I mean, I could do that. That's fine with me. I, I mean, I, can, I mean, I can now. But... <laughs> but uh but i think i think that they did a uh, well there's some people that are probably screeching that they wanted more i think that they did really well with making a reasonable character at a reasonable cost that and gave him some pretty decent thematic abilities like is I he the choppiest he's reasonable yeah is, is he the choppiest praetor that you can create no but you know the same people that want this guy to be a whole lot better than he is are the same ones that are going to be bitching and moaning that like, oh, this the power creep is you know destroying the game. Right. I was just going to say like I I think it's nice to see consideration for the overall health of the game such that it is when they release rules for something like this and we can i mean we don't need to talk about them but also you know the the recent rules for the uh imperial fist huskarls like they're not you know out of this world busted either which i'm sure every imperial fist player wishes they were but i think it's overall better for the game that they weren't like auto include you know, uh, yeah, center of every Imperial are... Fist army build units. Yeah, because those guys are literally basic Terminators with that one special rule. Right. And, like, there's well, think... well, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, ha- being able to step back and see that, like, okay, 
I don't need to min max. I just want I just want reasonable options. Exactly. Like I, I think that that's where I think that's the like the golden state of the game is when you have a lot of options and you don't feel like you have to go this direction or you're penalized for going this direction. Like I, I think that that that's where you really get the the best benefit out of the game. Like um, back when the uh, when Cru the book uh, book nine crusade came out and the dark angels were released um you know they released the uh the cataphracti and the power armor praetor to uh, to coincide with the release and then they came out and released some named rules for them as well um and like i thought okay that's a really cool precedent they should do that more often but then you read the rules and they're like okay they're you know, based uh, if you compare them to just standard Praetor, um, they the, you get like one extra set of like uh, war gear or a slight special rule. It's not it's not crazy uh, by any means. It's not like wow, that is that's better than all the other named characters. But it's like ah, could take that. That's that's pretty reasonable. That's that's what they've done th in this case, and I hope that they continue doing it like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, even even going back to like uh, malevolence um, with with the Blood Angels release, you have uh, Ralderon, who you know, again, you know, lore uh, 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 guiding rules writing. You know, he should be you know the baddest ass that ever asked, but. I mean, he's basically just a Praetor plus. He's just he's just a Praetor with a Paragon Blade that has Shred on it, and he can pick his Warlord trait. And that's that's pretty much it. I think he also has Furious Charge, but, you know, whatever. I mean, all of those are, you know, those can be really powerful bonuses. Right, but they're not like, they're not like, you know... Oh well, he got Eternal Warrior, and he's got ten attacks, and you know, yada yada yada. Like and making you reroll saves. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're all kind of getting around. The Instant same death point and here. a duel. <laughs> Is that too often the game gets into this spot with releases where, in order to sell the release, they play the one-upmanship game. Um, it's yeah, really they nice do. to see some releases that aren't playing that game. They they do do that, and a lot of players can reward them for doing that. So it's really our yeah. fault. Yeah, it is. <laughs> we I mean, we allow that shit to happen. Switched, how many people went out and bought a Dark Angels army the the second uh, the Dark Angels book came out? You know what I mean? Well, uh, part of that was for rules. Um, I would say that they are needlessly complicated, um, but more importantly, their models were just beautiful. Like their their whole army models. came out. And it just looks fantastic. Um, I've got most of that range now, and like building them, and the, like the prospect of painting it is is just daunting as hell. Well, like, and tell I, me. <laughs> I do, but I also I'm one of those people who's like as as slow a painter as I am. Like I, I just I have the need for everything to be done myself, and like, and then my dumbass oh, decided to start doing like hand done checkers on the uh, heraldry. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> so what? Well, one last point I want to make as far as you know, having good options that aren't too yeah. overpowered. Uh, the Praetor that I generally run for my world eaters is 170 points, 
Argyltal is 15 points more. And for that, he gets, you know, one additional strength and toughness base, one more wound. Uh, we have the same initiative and attacks because of the digital lasers. And uh, my guy will have a better invuln save and arguably a better weapon in the Paragon Blade. So I think it's something that balances out fairly decently. Yeah, he doesn't have stubborn. Uh, my guy does have rage because he's world leaders. Um, but I, I think that is something that ends up coming out kind of like, okay, yeah, I don't feel like I'm forced to take Argyltal as a word bearers player. Right. And you're also taking him as a, as being a force multiplier, which if you don't want to run Galvor back, you don't need to use Argyltal and vice versa. You can just run your beat stick world eater or word bearers Praetor and it, you know, jobs are good. And he's, you know, as good as any other Legion Praetor. Well, I think depending on what your depending on what your army comp is, like he he doesn't have to be the only HQ on the table. Like you have your you have your in fact, he can't be. Well, yes, yes, well, in fact he cannot be, but there you yeah. go. So you've got other characters out there, so you could have your uh you could have your beat stick praetor and your your um your chaplain and then Argyltal leading a unit of uh assault marines um so you've got this you know fast uh you know threat that can kind of be where it needs to be on the table and Argyltal is super choppy or uh, like not... uh like Eric said you could put him in that unit with the chaplain and the assault marines and then oh boy you get lucky yeah. on that uh, dark channeling roll and all of a sudden you've got Got yourself a Death Star for less than seven hundred points. Normal Death Stars, yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty gnarly. But yeah, so I mean, I think overall, like, I I think it's a good release. Um, I don't agree with the people that are you know kind of crapping on it because they think that he should be more powerful than he is. I think when you take into account right his, I think yeah, yeah, exactly. I think if you take his points cost into consideration. Um, his ability to multiply a uh, Dark Brethren uh, unit or Galvorback unit, um, I, I think that that makes a pretty big deal. Uh, it's a pretty big deal for a, a reasonable points cost. And if you want to play super thematic and just have a full Galvorback army, he gives you that ability to as well. Because um, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't think that there is another way to make Galvor back troops' choices. Uh, uh, so last of the Serrated Sun, Right of War. Oh, it does do it? Okay. Uh, another thing I just I just thought of, too, you know, we talk about putting a chaplain into that unit and hoping for, you know, good dark channeling. If you roll dark channeling on a 1 to 3, that unit gets Zealot, which is the only thing you're really taking a chaplain for. So you stick that man in an assault squad blob, you basically can't lose no matter what you roll. You're probably going to get that hatred, or you're going to get that feel no pain, or on a four or five, you give him plus one strength, which still isn't bad. No. Plus one strength is plus one strength. Yep. Yeah, Makes everything easier. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of it, and the fact that he's got a really good-looking model to go along with it um, just kind of seals the deal. Like, he's a solid choice in a number of different army comps. Um you know, you can you can run. I can see ways that you can run him, you know, pseudo competitively if that's your deal. Um, but there's a lot of thematic uses for this model, and I'm a fan. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now you can you might be able to see some uh, uh, shattered legions or allied uh, armies with uh, Argel Tall yeah. and 
his uh his best bro Karn running around the table together. I think that'd be a really cool army. So um so Eric, if you want to go ahead and just do that, we'd appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, that'll be uh next in line after the orcs and the night lords. Oh yeah, and the uh oh and your uh your bikers. Yeah, that's what I said. Oh, Biker are gang. They night lords? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the swift blade. Nice. Okay. Cool. Well, yeah. So, um, yeah. so yeah, it's got I, anything that they want to tell you about Argyll Tal? Uh, I think the, yeah. the cliff note version of this entire conversation is uh, uh, like Horus Heresy gamers are poop and <laughs> Argyll Tal is cool. I think I think, that's they, the... I think that can kind of be a, a little asterisk of most conversations. It's like, <laughs> hey guys, don't don't be do- douchebags, just enjoy playing with your little army men. Although yes. I will say, um, front to back, uh, being in both Horus Heresy and 40k communities, the Heresy community is much more likely to play because they build an army because, hey, this is a neat idea, this is a fun thing. And the, your 40k players are more are the usually the ones that, that are doing the, the bitching of, oh man, how can you do a release and it's not so game-breaking that everything else in the game has to be elevated to keep up with it. I actually had a really big uh, conversation with uh, some of the other locals about that the other night, but I, uh, that'll probably be a, probably a good, uh, topic, a good for topic for another, for another conversation. Yeah, because I could really get in on that one. So, uh, so yeah, with that being said, uh, do we want to move on to uh, our other kind of topic Power that we weapon. had lined up? Yeah, I think so. Power weapon. Yes, yeah, specifically. All of the best things sliced bread. Yeah, <laughs> this this is now going to turn into the uh, Power Mall Stan uh, episode. Uh, Power Mall fan page. Power <laughs> Mall twenty twenty four. So I mean, it's it's a conversation as old as time. You know, you pay ten points for a power weapon on somebody. What power weapon do you take? And I think it's no secret that the most popular options are usually a power axe or a power sword. Um. You know, I, I think that those are, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with those choices, and I don't think that there's anything, you know, ba- bad to say about either of them. However, uh, we've just been kind of talking recently about, well, maybe that's not as much of an auto take decision as we might have thought. Uh, so we want to. Yeah, so there, there's some. Tell you why uh, I don't like power axes, even though I take them, but no, that's not the conversation. Go ahead. You can go ahead. Uh, I just think that making them unwieldy is dumb. Like, I think that they should be uh, a minus initiative, not not unwieldy. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no reason why a power axe should go at the same speed as a uh, thunder hammer or a uh, fist. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. No, it's a it's plus one strength. It's not like double strength. So, but yeah, uh, but, if you were gonna make like a special power axe, like a plus two strength one, that's like a legion specific one, some kind of headhunter or headsman's axe, that's two handed. That I could see being unwieldy. Yeah, or, yeah, or if or if it had something else to go along with it, you know, some other special rules, but uh, or like if it had rending or something like that, sure, make it unwieldy then. But, um, uh, but hell, no, not rending. Um, no, something because because right now I th- I think that they they're a cheap. So what I'm saying is, I think also the the power weapon discussion comes down to what legion your how your legion rules interact. Absolutely, exactly, so, and that will. Yeah, I, I remember as children, the only thing we have for us is initiative bonus. That's the only way we win is by going first. 
Yeah. So we're, we're the we're the Ricky Bobby of Legions. If you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> and uh, that's true. I'm so never going to be able to play you without thinking that every uh, every model is played by Will Ferrell now. Well, hell, Gray, I was high when I said that. <laughs> also good for her children. <laughs> Thank exactly. you, eight pounds, six ounce baby corn. <laughs> exactly. That's my hey, favorite. Hey, I thought you said we were going to fight in the siege of Terra. Well, hell, <laughs> I was high when I said that. <laughs> now let's go abduct some locals. Save me, Tom Cruise. Save me with your biomancy magic. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so Just let's. Adding to the trucker aesthetic here. Um... Yeah, indeed, indeed. Yeah, similar uh, to your point as well about you know interacting with Legion rules. I know uh, Jake has a lot of thoughts about power malls, but I've got some thoughts about power lances for an army that I don't play. So Jake is of yeah, course the Blood Angels player. And uh, I think there is a very strong case to be made for power lances in a Blood Angels army. And here's why. So uh, their, their Legion special rule basically comes down to, in close combat, they require one fewer to wound than normal. So if you normally you need a 4+, plus, now you need a 3+. plus. So right. what the power lance has over basically anything else is number one, the fact that you can take them on basic dudes, you know, one in five in an assault squad, one in three in an outrider squad. Uh, and, you know, you're, you're not forcing it onto your character who you might want to do challenges with or, you know, power fist or anything of that nature. Blade of so you just have basic guys. So what, Jake? Or a blade, blade of salty tears, aka the blade of perdition, which is yeah, exactly, or the yeah, the blade of perdition, which is disgusting, and I'm not going to talk about. <laughs> uh, so what you what you do with your power lance is you have it on, you know, maybe two guys in your assault squad, maybe all four that you can take. Uh, and what happens is, so the power lance, for those who don't know, probably a lot of people because nobody uses them. Uh, they are strength plus one slash user, AP three slash four. Now, uh, they use the first profile, the plus one strength AP3 on the turn that you charge, and strength user AP4 every other time. So what that means for Blood Angels is that your basic guys are going to be strength five. Ordinarily, you'd be wounding basic marines on a three, but because you're Blood Angels, now you'll be doing it on twos. And you'll have AP3 for that turn you charge. If you're taking something like Day of Revelations, you'll have initiative five on top of that. And you're just going to be deleting every basic Marine you come into contact with. And presumably the uh, worst profile is might not going to matter later on because you're going to kill the fuck out of that squad. It is very much an all or nothing. It is very much an all or nothing. And yeah, they are one-handed. Uh, there are some situations where I think they are always a better choice than power swords, uh, specifically against Phalax and Vorax, uh, being that on the turn you charge, you're going to have an additional strength to hit their toughness five better, and Phalax are only a four plus. I don't know that they can buy a three plus, but they're a four plus anyway, so the AP four doesn't matter. Now, again, something like Castellax, where toughness 7, strength 4, and 5 wound the same, that bonus isn't going to matter, so your power sword is always going to be better. But there are niche cases where that power lance is going to help. I actually 
now that I look at it, I kind of like the power lance a lot more than I thought I did. Um, <laughs> Not yeah. an uncommon theme that we hear amongst people that we talk about this with. Yeah, more now that I look at it more, because, I mean, I have the Phoenix Spear, which is... So, it's like a Phoenix Spear, but cheaper, really. It's the cheap version of a Phoenix Spear. And it's actually, in some ways, better. Uh, the, the being one-handed is big. I think that makes yeah, it that's a, a big, that, and that was something I had to garbage. look at. That was something I had to look I, at, I thought, at earlier. I always thought it was, I always thought it was two-handed. So I'm like, oh, this is garbage. It's just a two-handed chain sword after you charge. I'm like, but, but no, one-handed. It's actually, you know, it just becomes a chain sword basically on every subsequent turn. No, but it's AP four, so against yeah, certain AP four chain sword. Yeah, against militia. Still, still not other. nothing. It's still AP four, which is not. Yeah necessarily bad it's i mean I mean, sure it's like live and die by ap4 on my dudes (laughs) on the on the orc bikers for sure yeah well no on the on the world eaters tactical marines with their chain axes oh true that yes yeah that's true and your your i think your orcs uh run like cowards against their own uh chain axe you're goddamn right they do (laughs) if only you could put warrior elite on the orcs if only I think they're all. I think they're good. I think there's something fluffy and different to do when you don't want to just power sword or power axe spam. Which you know, it, it, not for nothing, it is also a pretty aesthetic choice for Blood Angels too. I mean, oh got, yeah, it would look pretty sweet. Got the, dudes, the, dudes with spears. Any biker, and, and there you go. Right well, there is uh, the biggest problem with with uh, power lances is modeling the damn things. <laughs> Very true. Well, you always, is always there not a power lance model in like a special weapon thing? There are very few individual models that you can get get them from or get the the piece from. But also, just spears in general are hard as fuck to like to to carry around. Oh yeah, those things are gonna snap. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I don't really have a problem on my end because I can just you know I've got my own little personal forge world, so I can just make them. The, the Martian much, forges, well, yes. Yes. Yeah, or if you get um, something like those Magnarex that are magnetic and you don't yeah, have to lay them down. So, so I'm gonna, those I'm gonna, are really expensive. I'm going to put my two cents in right here for a second. I'm going to get up on my bitch box for just a moment. Magnet oh, cases God. are the only way to carry your army. If you put your army in foam, you are begging for disaster. You are begging for things to snap, to break, to to melt, to bend, uh, you're basically putting your your nicely painted model that you just spent however long on. Basically, you're putting it in a brick of sandpaper, and then asking, you know, well, how long is this paint job gonna last? You're making a hell of assumption that I nicely paint anything. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think you're right, though. I got I got the magnet case like two days ago, and number one, I think I can fit more stuff in it than I can in a foam case. Uh, just by virtue of being able to squeeze things together really well. And also, yeah, you know, tall, spindly bits. You don't have to worry about, like, pluck foam. You know, the the big thing on a Vox, re- on a Nuncio Vox, isn't going to matter that it sticks up some. Your your Vexilla backpack flag or whatever you've got exactly. on there. Your, your chain axes that are made of, you know, <laughs> one molecule thick resin. Yep. So, qu- quick side tangent and now slash end rant, but... Thank, listen to me now, thank me later. <laughs> listen to me now and thank me later. Exactly, dude. So I actually have I, I have a couple of ways of making lances I, I think potentially disgusting. 
Um, luckily for a Legion that I do play, Bingo. I think that uh, I think Space Wolves are actually uniquely suited to use power lances in a in in, in realistically the way that they should be available to everyone. Um, but they, they it it falls down to Legion rules. So one of the uh, the main uh, rules for the uh, for the uh, space marine or the space wolves legion traits is um oh let me what's the name of it i can't remember it um <laughs> they have a rule called bestial savagery um where models with a special rule gain a weapon skill bonus on any turn in which they have successfully charged um uh, they also have a counter attack but counter attack by itself doesn't have uh, doesn't really get much of a benefit with the from the uh, lances other than the fact that they get you know the extra attack which is you know somewhat helpful but would help the other uh power weapons better however they're both of their rights of war give them would make lances a little bit better so um one of their rights of war is called the pale hunters and i won't go over all of it just the uh the relevant parts with the lances um Actually, before I go over that, um, Space Wolves get a special infantry unit um, that they must take as their compulsory troops choice called the uh, Grayslayer squads. Um, now, because of the way that I like to play my Grayslayer squads, I would never take a Legion tactical squad. I will always take Grayslayer squads. I Their big deal is that they are, I, I think, the most customizable uh standard infantry unit in the game like you can just kit them out in lots of different ways and it you can every individual model can have something different on it yeah you're and, essentially running them they're essentially veteran squads basically the and the like flexibility you have in, in kitting them out uh, I w yeah and five point power weapons for everyone is uh, not bad no you can have uh you can give them a you can swap out their close combat, combat weapon for a power weapon for five points, which is pretty fantastic. Um, it's just it gets really expensive real fast whenever you're trying to kit out entire units with it. Um, so when you have those units as kind of your bog standard, you know, troops choices, you know, I can put as many spears as I want into a into a unit. So that's where the rights of war come in. So uh, the first right of war is the Pale Hunters, um, where uh, they have an effect called uh, the Bleed and Harry, where all infantry units, uh, except for uh, Terminator uh, units, gain hit and run, except that they roll 2d6 instead of 3d6 uh, for how far they moved, which actually for what we're talking about is not a bad thing. So oh, yeah, that's event, a really good thing. In the event that you get charged well first off you get counter attack so at least you have a, a number of attacks you know that you can use even if it's not the the best with the lances um you'll get the extra uh, attack as though you charged um but then at the end of that assault phase that you were charged you do your initiative test and hopefully you can get away 2d6 which puts you in a really good position to fire your bolt pistols and charge again in the subsequent uh, charge phase um you also get an ability called uh fury of the pack um where if a Space Wolves unit in the attachment using the right of war successfully charges into assault against an enemy unit which is already locked in combat, the assaulting unit gets plus one additional charging attack per model. 
So if you're running multiple squads of lance carrying grace layer units and you're able to get a you know combo charges off onto units or even if you're you get locked into something you know because i'll probably have terminators because i always have terminators throw them into something make it last a couple of uh turns i just throw other packs in there and they get extra attacks with the uh i'll get a bonus to my weapon skill because that's a standard space wolf ability and now they will have extra attacks uh they'll have an attack for uh a one-handed weapon and a bolt pistol uh one for the charge and then one more uh for the fury of the pack special rules so you're just drowning whatever you're attacking with you know strength plus one ap3 attacks which is you know pretty fantastic so that's one way that i think that they could be really good the my other right of war called the bloodied claws is a little bit you know simpler in terms of you know what it will do um so one of the abilities is the oath of the bloodied claw where all gray slayer and assault squads gain furious charge um so now instead of you know plus one it'll be you'll have a strength six uh power lance on the charge uh at weapon skill plus one so basically, you're now Blood Angels with extra steps. Yeah, as if we needed another reason to think Space Wolves are absolutely disgusting. <laughs> well, I, now, now that only works on the charge, um, obviously, because it's Furious Charge, and where the Blood Angel special rule, that... They just uh, have that. that. that <laughs> they just have that. So theirs would be better. However, I get the Power Lances. I can have them in far better quantity than what you can have. In yes, and game. also for much cheaper as well, yes. Yeah, and for and for cheaper. Um, the only um, oh they they do have a another rule in that right of war called the Howl of the Death Wolf, which is a it's a one time use ability that you have to call at the beginning of your um, uh, the beginning of your turn, basically, where you get to re-roll your charges uh, for that uh, for that assault phase. So you can you have a little bit more reliability in you know hitting that clutch charge when you needed to uh to make the 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 lance bonus better um out of those two um the the bloodied claws is a is a more simple simplistic use of it and having that strength six against certain armies would be really beneficial i'm looking at you uh you know mechanicum um but uh i think that the doing it in the pale hunters where you know you get the the hit and run it's a little bit more versatile and if you're able to get multiple units you know stuck into close combat like it could get real dirty real quick yeah i i think utility builds are sometimes things that are uh overlooked for for the sake of the uh you know brute force and ignorance builds so i think there's I, definitely I something to be said for hit and run with power lances for sure i i will say like from a from an aesthetic point of view i think that it, they would look fantastic on Space Wolf models. Like, you, like I think there are a lot of really cool spear mo- uh, unit uh, spear uh, options that uh, you can put on them. That they just it would look just thematically right with that army. Right to kind of uh, like, loop back just very quickly uh, to to kind of sourcing power lances. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm not sure what kits you would need to get. To get some power lances in the Stormcast Eternals. In the, well, yes, and I was going to say in the Heresy range specifically, but yes, you have you know the whole Age of Sigmar range is you know just 
abounds with <laughs> with power lance options. Also, you have your third party uh, bits uh, manufacturers. The one I, I I think is a terribly kept secret at this point that I think everybody knows about. But obviously, you have your uh, conversion world. Um, which they they sell very high quality stuff. Uh, I, I've I've bought a few a few sets of their power weapons and they're just fantastic. Uh, I will point out that I think actually today or yesterday they updated their store with about 20 new items that had kind of just been sitting there during you know a lull in their opportunity to work on the website. So uh, definitely go and check that out. They are not a sponsor. Uh, we don't have any sponsors because we are poor and. Uh, we are us. free men. <laughs> we will not I, uh, bow to corporate greed. I, uh, I I'm actually looking at their uh, their spear options now. They've got they've got uh, eight different uh, spear options. Um, uh, they did, however, kind of mess up with their. Uh, they've got it says nine, but one of them is a imp- emperor spears shoulder pads. Um, so it's not really a spear weapon, but that's uh, <laughs> on them. But they're they're reasonably priced and they look pretty good. The only the only thing I don't think I like, and I'm gonna double check, I'm gonna click into it before I say this out loud. Yeah, the only thing I don't like is that the hands aren't modeled on there. Right. Which their their hands they sell them separately as a pack and they come with like the hand kind of like splayed open. And what you do is you glue the weapon into the hand and then just run a hair dryer or a heat gun over it and kinda just bend the fingers around yeah. the weapon and then Bob's your uncle. Yeah. So I mean that's that's that would be the way to do that. There's also um if you're into the 3D printing stuff, there's a there's a bunch of options there. Um the, there's a bunch of fantasy uh bits that would work real well. Um I immediately think of Stormcast Eternals. Um mm-hmm. they have a they have some really I think good looking spears that I think would work. Especially um, if you're if you're looking at your um your Blood Angels or your White Scars or uh, I think even uh, maybe your uh, salamanders a bit. Yeah. So the yeah. way in, uh, there's a couple of sources already within the heresy line for the spear lance kind of aesthetic. I think we're missing. Because uh, you have, especially if they're bike mounted or vehicle, you know, if you're putting them on bikers, jet bikers or whatever, you can use the spears from the Forge World Custody bikers. They have those are actually like lances, like with the flared back and everything. Man, that is a that is a pricey way to source spears. <laughs> that is a pricey spear. <laughs> so you could use those. Uh, Golden Kestrid comes with those spears. Fair. And then if you want something more infantry size, that's relatively cheap. You could go with. They still sell unless they've discontinued them now. Um, Phoenix spears. So the Phoenix you... Spears, they do have kind of an eagle-headed thing to them, but they're not so Emperor's Children that you couldn't use them elsewhere yeah. with so, yeah, minor yeah, modifications. You can get the uh, Emperor's Children's Phoenix Spears. I don't think... I'm checking to see... They aside, have hands. Well, the... Yeah, but the that uh, yeah. that wing is... Like, you would need to uh, trim that off, really, to, because it look. I mean, it's very obviously uh, Emperor's Children. Um, yeah. But it, that would be a fairly easy... Yeah thing to do if you're a forge think... world purist the, the options exist for you to make it work 
There's well, here, here's many. the thing about the the Phoenix Spears, though, if we're going to use those, because I'm looking at them, and they have the hands molded on already, and they're three out of the five, yeah, they're two-handed. Three out of the five that come in that pack. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's one uh, of those things where it comes down to how do you model your guy. I think that that's been a a contributing factor as to why you don't see many people use them. They're not... It's not that necessarily that they're as unpopular as they would seem to be. It's just like, well, why the hell would you go out of your way to try to model them? Like, yeah, it's something right. you really gotta want in yeah, order you gotta, to, you have to have. You have to try to find reasonable bits for those conversions because most units, like, I, I'm going back to my assault squads that I got, like, they don't have any lances in there. Yeah, <laughs> I do yeah, also think that. I think that power lances are like by far the least popular option. And I've had, I, I, I was one of them very, you know, up until recently when we started kind of brainstorming about it a little bit, that was like, why would I even consider that as an option? But realistically, uh, you wouldn't unless your right of war or your, uh, your Legion special traits really gave you a reason to. Right. Um, and that's why I talked about blood angels instead of world eaters. Yeah. Like right. if, if they came out and they decided that, you know, power axes and power swords and lances and mauls each had a different points value, you, the, the conversation may change. Like if, yeah. yeah. Power lances may end up being a five point upgrade where swords and axes are 10 and like, like that would make a big difference because like like I'm much more willing to spend, you know, you know, twenty-five points on a few of those in a squad that you know could potentially get some close combat usage, but will not necessarily always will. But I'm Yeah. But right now, like I would rather have the consistency of of axes and swords. Uh, in the unit. Sure. And I mean, I think right. I think it's definitely fair to say that there's some legions and, and rights of war that make better use of them than others. But I also don't think that that's the end of the conversation either. Because um, I think, think kind of... We haven't even addressed malls either. You know? True. So I mean... So I, we I actually use yeah. malls. Um, I, I, I use malls I use somewhat regularly. Well. Um and it's it, it kind of goes back to the conversation we were having against uh, with Argyll Tal, and that you you're not doing it to bypass armor. You're doing you're taking mauls to give very consistent wounds, make force dice rolls, um, and to to help deal with some of the higher toughness value uh, units out there. Um, because like, I think they're really good against multi wound armies too. Oh yeah, because of the concussive. A lot of people sleep on concussive. Yeah, they, they do. So against Cody's uh, or Mechanicum, you're knocking them out with concussive. That's fantastic. Hey, Eric, you're tell uh, tell everyone uh, what concussive does to uh, to your Primark. Bad things. It does very bad things. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, concussive, concussive is a good special rule. It's just it's it's its usage is fairly limited. And I'll be honest, I didn't even know that power malls had concussive until recently it just it doesn't come into play very often i mean the uh the the chaplain comes standard with one um within in the crozius um and oh gosh what is the uh the the terminator squad the nullificators uh come standard with uh power malls oh yeah and there's um, a deflagrate 
And Fallen yeah. Terra has a different straight up power mold. Yeah. That's what they come standard with. So, I mean. Range. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, it's that's another one that's like, I like having a couple of them just kind of sprinkled around. I the, the usefulness of cutting through armor is usually more beneficial with how Space Wolves play. Um, right. But having that extra plus two strength in there on a couple of models just so that there are some you know some guaranteed wounds that you have to or nearly guaranteed wounds that they're gonna definitely have to roll for like they're like they're not gonna fail an armor save unless you force them to take it <laughs> honestly so, it's, it... that, speaking of strength i think that brings up another thing is i think power malls shine even brighter on units that are already strength five Oh, it could get even better. Well, strength. I don't know that I agree with that because strength seven against really you know much. marines. Yeah, it does. It'll do more against yeah things that are toughness five, or toughness but, six, yeah. or, or, or toughness six. Which those are toughness five is pretty common. You know, custodies, any kind of biker unit. But yeah, anything more than that is is kind of a rare, rarity to see. You see it a lot in um in Mechanicum. Yeah, and, and that's about it. I'm thinking off the top of my head, Mechanicum. That's huge. Oh, yeah, it, it, malls do pretty good work against Mechanicum when they start failing their wounds, because nearly everything there is multi-wound. Um, so being able to drop some of their uh, their capabilities on certain units is, is pretty fantastic. Yeah, and you look again at things like Thalax and Vorax that are only a four-up save anyway. You know, your, your goat, your... Uh... Assault Marine is going from wounding them on a 5 to wounding them on a 3 and bypassing armor save. Oh, yeah, And, and then concussing them on top of that. Like, th I'm thinking like on my Grayslayer squads, like they, my options are just the standard power weapon. So if I'm not taking lances or, you know, I either choose, I put axes in there because the AP2 is really important, but I usually only put like maybe two in a squad like again they, they start getting pricey if you start putting more in there but um depending on what you're fighting like i have no if i'm going up against terminators like what's better having the ap2 going simultaneously with them at at uh initiative one or having a bunch of malls you know forcing a bunch of armor saves you know, forcing armor saves at initiative you know mm -hmm. four um because you know i stand to get a lot of benefit out of killing off a terminator or two uh before they have a chance to swing back with their their fists so i'll tell you guys how i use power moles and it's a little different than uh, the actual power mall but it's the meteor hammer which the Meteor Hammer is one of these special weapons that world leaders get on characters. They can take them for plus uh, 15 points, and then Rampagers can take them for 10. And the Meteor Hammer is basically a power maul. Uh, it's strength plus 2. It's AP 5, which eh, sometimes matters, but not really. And it's also concussive, but it's also plus 1 initiative. I put that on my Rampager Sergeants. I put that on at least one of my Assault Sergeants. Uh, and that, you know, Jay can tell you having a guy swinging at you at the same initiative as your HQ is not something that you want to be taking lightly. Especially because oh, no, with no. the World Eaters rules, that is essentially a guaranteed wound because they get to re-roll the wounds of one. So they're wounding exactly. on twos, re-rolling ones. 
Now, the only thing is they are uh, specialists' weapons, so you're not going to get the full benefit that you would out of the Power Mall, uh, you know, being able to use a Bolt Pistol for an extra attack, but I think the plus one initiative is worth that trade-off. For sure. Yeah, that's, not, that's pretty good. Uh, but as far as another point I just thought of with the putting them on Strength 5, putting Power Malls on somebody at Strength 5, like Black Shields, for instance, they pay a premium for things like power fist, but a straight seven power mall is pretty, pretty good. And against light tanks, that's actually going to be worthwhile. You know what I, mean? I mean, that is true. The, uh, the you know hitting strength seven is useful for you know uh, aiding in in beating up uh, armor armor values, um, and it at least makes you a more reasonable threat if you get stuck into combat with a contemptor. Or, oh, well, I'm sorry. It, it actually makes you a potential threat to a contemptor, whereas normally right. you would not be with strength six or below. So, the it's just uh, to to Eric's point, the strength seven doesn't uh, it doesn't affect doesn't anyone's instant death threshold. Um, so yeah. it it's not seen as as useful a strength to get to as uh, six or eight because both of those will break a uh, an instant death threshold. And also cross over common uh, wound chart like tick overs as well. Yeah, that that was more my point than than instant death is the the hitting the two plus to wound rather than the three. Yeah, oh, true, but I mean uh, both are valid points. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, um, I I I think that right now with the current stage of the game, and all of this could change if we get a new edition. Um, Malls, I think, have a very serious place in a lot of units just baseline. Um, I, I think that just people overlook what they can bring in lieu of just armor uh, AP. AP value. Um, mm -hmm. Lances are just like there are ways to make them kind of threatening. Um, uh, and I think that we've kind of gone over a few of those, but I think just. Generally speaking, they're not they don't bring enough to the table to outclass any of the other options. You know, even if they were plentiful, you know, bits wise, and they're not. So they're not as good to, to take and you have to go out of your way to find a way to model your your unit with it. So it's just there's nothing that really shines in their favor. Sure. I I yeah, think, I think they definitely are an an all or nothing type weapon that are that kind of they, they do definitely have much more of a niche build but then it also kind of speaks to what are you trying to do with your power weapon and i think the reason that ap2 weapons are so popular is the dueling of uh opposing artificer armor sergeants and so people take power axes because they're like, well, I want to be able to carve through the artificer armor on the other guy that he's going to have because everybody has them because why would you not put artificer armor on your sergeant? That We can either get into that now or that can be another topic for another day I, where I don't think artificer armors on sergeants are, as, again, as auto-include as you might think, but... <laughs> Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's not auto-include, but I don't think that that's why people take them. I think that there are a there are an abundance of ape or armor two units in the game, and you you know, 
AP2 will do everything an AP3 uh, weapon does. So if if you can get it for the about the same price, then you always go for the AP2. But there are you know there are a lot of artificial units. Okay. I, I disagree. Um, so you're allowed to be wrong. Well, for instance, <laughs> uh, you you played my you played against my Emperor's Children the other week and uh, had a bunch of power fits everywhere. Those are AP2. And uh, I completely nullified my advantages, my legion advantages, which is going first, in exchange for better armor, you know, better AP. And you saw they got, they didn't live to deliver that AP too. Yeah, it, I mean that is AP two is good is if a, you live. Well, that live is to that's always going to be the case. Uh, I mean, but a, uh, there are other weapons that are AP two than you know than unwieldy ones like a paragon blades. That's true. So I mean, I mean yeah, that's the tone. That's the tone. Conversation you know, blades are amazing. You know, but you, you AP two will take care of not only your artificer sergeants, but your entire armor two units, like you know, uh, pyroclasts and um, um, death sworn and anything terminator armored. So I mean, there's there's plenty of those units that you have to have, you know, some sort of answer for. So yeah. That's that's I will tell you that just from my uh, my list building perspective, like I never really think about challenges as a reason why I would take a potential weapon. I'm always thinking yeah. about the unit in total. Like mm. and oh, yeah. it's usually, like, am I fighting an AP an uh, an armor three unit or an armor two unit? Like, right. how am I going to deal with a Terminator unit with my 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 Gray Slayers? Having a couple of axes and a couple of fists in there at least make them a a threat, and then everything else is just number of potential wounds that I can put on you and force an armor save. Right, and I think that kind of goes back to the depends on what legion you are. Because, for instance, you play Emperor's Children, you don't have Gray Slayers, you have tactical squads. Well, there's a real easy way to fix that. You know play a reasonable legion <laughs> well, you know, you're, you're never going to you're never going to beat the terminators with a tactical squad they're going to beat them to death well i don't know like, that i agree with that well yeah, i mean again yeah. it, again it, it comes down to you know legion choices and all that legion, but... yeah i don't know well, i think i think if uh, an emperor's children tactical squad with extra combat weapons gets 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 charge off and punks a unit of terminators i think it could happen I don't think oh, it's. Yeah, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. It does happen. Um, it. It. I mean, it's. It definitely happens. I mean, it, it, but hell, even against most Terminator units, uh, uh, there may be, you know, a weapon or two in there that's striking at initiative, but usually they're fists. So yeah. every Legion has about the same chance with their standard units against a Terminator squad. It really th at that point it boils down to weapon loadout and, uh, and you know, your Legion special rules. Right. It's, but for instance, if you're me and you're hitting first, then you want to keep pushing that hitting first advantage. You know, that's the only advantage I have, right? Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. But well, and again, I'm... that's what uh, you have to consider. Do I want this particular tactical squad or this particular assault squad to be right. focused on going first and killing things or do i want it to be my this is how i take down terminators yeah right. exactly like I, because m m my point gray was that 
your bonus to initiative doesn't matter against a unit of terminators that are all going at initiative one anyway right i mean you're you're no different capabilities wise than you know any of my standard tactical squads right other than what what actual war gear the fact that you go first is immaterial that's that's that was my point oh okay and that's yeah unless the terminator squad has lightning claws in there then you want to go first well, yeah, I mean, you exactly. might have a dude in, in your Terminator squad that has lightning claws. I think my list is going to have two, but still, that's, you know, out of the entire unit. Number one, you're still going to get your attacks if you go at I-4, if yeah. you have, you know, some other thing. But yeah, to your, yeah, and you just don't put those guys up front to die to the lightning claws first. True. Right. I just, if I'm really charging, like, I'm I-5 and then I-6 in a challenge. Oh yeah, but I I don't remember the last time I saw someone playing Heresy where they took a like a full unit of lightning call of Terminators. Doesn't happen very often. No, it, 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 it's 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 too one dimensional. I I definitely do not have a unit of lightning claw terminators sitting in my display case downstairs that I painted last spring. Oh yeah, they're in a display case. They're not playing against anyone. <laughs> uh, I've I've got a full unit. Well. Uh, that's not fair. They're all in Indominus armor, but I do have a unit of uh, of Lightning Claw Terminators back in um, I think sixth or seventh edition. I don't remember which, but a uh, special uh, book for uh, the Space Wolves came out called the Champions of Fenris, and uh, they had a they had a special unit in there specifically for uh, the Void Claw Terminators, and they were uh, just Space Wolf Terminators, all double lightning claws, and their big deal was that you could choose what turn they deep struck, and they didn't scatter. So you uh -huh. just you just you're right up in someone's grill with a unit of uh, just slice and dice Terminators. Like yeah, they can't they cannot do anything the turn that they jump in because they have no long range firepower. But like if you have a unit of five or 10 terminators, all with lightning claws directly in front of you, like you are forced to do something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I run, uh, one of my terminator squads is lightning. Okay. For instance, I use them for infantry. Yeah. They're not. That's that is not a bad way to do it. Now. It's a pretty good way to do it though. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, they, again, that comes down to. I th I think that when, when and if the new edition uh, comes out and you start seeing some of the revamps, uh, reworks to uh, the legions, um, I think that you'll either they will re change how the power weapon mechanic works in total. Or they will change the points values because right now there's no, there. I just don't see a standard reason why you would take lances. Everything else I can see a I, real I, good I argument for. I think lances are purely aesthetic, and then you have to work to make them good. I think is the. I think that's the point we're coming to. Is lances you have to work to make them good. Everything else is good on I, They merit. just they stand on their own, and they will function in basically any list. They are just made better by your special rules. Right, whereas the lances, it's, you know, good in only those particular circumstances, and otherwise you just may as not, may as well not. 
exactly yeah like every the right. all of the list examples we've given like makes lances usable and even good in in some cases but it would also make everything else all the other ones better in in their own regard yeah as well wouldn't better than anything else yeah but but it, like even if if I didn't have rights of war and I didn't have my legion special rules and we just had you know unit on unit you know with the the same gear like odds are like the units with the the swords and mauls and axes would function better than the uh the lances in basically every they're, scenario they're going to kill more things more reliably except and... the the only difference is the the only scenario where the lances would win is when the lances get the charge first. Sure. But yeah, that's that's just that's just they're they're yeah. they've been poorly done for shoot at least since fifth edition. <laughs> uh, I agree. Yeah, edition they've been 40K. bad since I don't rem I don't remember what their rules were in fourth, so. They've they've been bad. They have they've been included solely because they uh, of the aesthetic choice and the fact that they already existed on some models. Yeah. Sure, I'm I'm actually kind of surprised they didn't just say like uh, you know you you can use spears as either axes or swords, like that. Actually, now that I've said that out loud, that would actually kind of be a cooler way to do it. I think like you know if you take a lance, or you can choose which one to use. Uh, which uh, which profile to use at the start of a you know, at the start like of a, a game like a one hand two hand profile? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you do it like or the uh, kid, the white stars power glaive, where they had two different profiles yeah, for having one and two handed. Yeah. yeah, but you but you have to choose cool, but... that at like army creation or whatever. But uh, but that I think that that would actually be a little bit more convoluted than is necessary. Yeah, then if you have more than one unit and they're different. Yeah, exactly. What heresy being convoluted? Never. I mean, it's no one wants you to be that guy. I mean, I don't find it to be nearly <laughs> as convoluted as like you know, ninth edition Warhammer, but that's just me. Yeah. So I mean, does anybody have any final thoughts on on power lances and mauls and how you might be sleeping on them? I think right. if uh, a final thought is if you can take multiple power weapons on a character like the it's advantageous to I don't see why you wouldn't necessarily take something like a lance or a mole yeah because I've, I've heard of people doing like paragon blade and power fist on their praetors because they're both mm -hmm. specialist weapons and then you well, have what about... you know, strength eight when needed so yeah that's a thing that you could do it's usually or you could do chaplain with axe and lance for instance. Yeah. If he gets his charge off, great. Lance, if he's getting beat up with a bunch of Terminators with power fists and axe. I, I pretty regularly take axes on my chaplain. They are just, unfortunately, a lot of the, 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 the preset models that you get usually come with a maul. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that that's, that's part of the conversation is just, you know, the model availability and you know being able to buy something that has options versus buying something and then having to go convert after the fact um that that definitely plays a a role in the choices that 
players make and you know the, what their army ultimately has because you know, you know a lot of players aren't ever going to take lances even if they were fantastic simply because like where the hell am i going to get them right. there is definitely an accessibility question yeah yeah so i i think that uh, of the, all of the power weapons, I think they all have a place. Unfortunately, lances are just de demonstrably at the very bottom. Like, I, th there are definitely ways to make them work. There are. We've talked about some. Those are s like super valid. But generally, uh, in a like all comers style list building perspective, there's uh, there's just not a lot of reason why you would ever choose them over the reliability over the of the other ones. Which is exactly why I probably will be running them from now on. I yeah, mean, you're going yeah, to lose anyway. Might as well be flashy about it. Right. Well, or no, and I'll be able to use that as an excuse. Be like, well, I did take all power lances, so, I mean, does your, does your victory really mean anything now? <laughs> I can't remember, because I don't... Are there... Are there ways to give standard uh, like militia units uh, like mass power weapons? I don't think so. Militia, you can't. Um, you can give them to ogrens. Well, I know you can give them axes. Can you give? Can you give ogren power lances? Oh, I don't know. I don't yeah, know that yeah. it's specifically ogrens to take power weapons. <laughs> militia ogrens just take power weapons. You could give them all lances and be one of one of the straight. Thickest lances running around. That would just be funny. Because, <laughs> because my uh, in 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 my uh, dwarf militia, they've all got axes. Because <laughs> like yeah. they're the difference between initiative three and initiative one is nothing the vast majority of the time, unless you're going up against other like mortal armies. So. <laughs> So the the like, take home point there is if you want to be an absolute chad and run power lances on your ogrens, send us a picture of it. <laughs> I would love to, I would I would love to see that. Like, uh, actually though uh, those um gray, you know those feudal guard uh ogrens that I did for you? Yeah. I think that those would actually look kind of cool with uh with lances cuz they're kind of built up as like you know they're in knightly armor anyway. Yeah, I think that those look really great. good. <laughs> but, uh, speaking cool, of uh, speaking of sending us pictures of ogrens with power lances, how can someone go about doing that? Well, I'm glad that you asked, Eric. Uh, also, if anybody has any thoughts out there in in the internet land on how you might make use of power lances or power mauls as opposed to axes or swords, go ahead and send it to us at argel talk podcast at gmail dot com. God. Some demon in the war, but we're like, why are people sending me these pictures? <laughs> Argel Tall at <laughs> Gmail. <laughs> also, I, I assume we're going to post this on like Facebook and stuff. You know, put them in the comments. You know, that would love to see uh, th all of the different conversions that you guys might have for your your power weapons or anything that's you know kind of out of run of the mill sort of stuff. Like all of that's really interesting to us. Or right, and if you have any points, you know, that you want to make, you know, to add to the discussion, we're always looking to uh you know just have a conversation and see where everyone's heads at. And if you're upset about uh us talking about your nerd screeching over all go tall, you can tell tell us about that too. Yeah. The response will be very different. You get two different, two different people answering those comments. Yep. 
and you will I will I will send you nudes. But you don't know whose nudes. They might be mine. Might be Jake's. Might, might be mine be and Jake's. <laughs> might be might be of Jake and me as taken by Gray. Ray, there you go. Argyle Talk <laughs> podcast calendar coming twenty twenty two. I can make those. <laughs> I can make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be a conversation uh but yeah no i think uh i think we've had some good conversations a lot of really good points from from everyone um definitely look forward to uh doing this again uh also if you have any uh, ideas for new topics that you want to you know hear us bull about like send those to us as well we're you know we're we try to be you know, knowledgeable enough Without, Minimum without, competency. Without pretending to be the know-all be-alls of this hobby, we try to be knowledgeable enough to be dangerous. Yeah, there may or may not be a modicum of research that goes into these things. Who knows? I, have, I walked past some heresy rule books on the way to this t- podcast today, so I feel like I've done enough research to know. Exactly. And uh, with that, guys, I think uh, I think that'll about do it. So uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Love you all. I'll love a few of you. Some of you more than others. <laughs> <laughs>